your Locked On Raiders, your daily podcast on the Las Vegas Raiders, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Just win. You're a win as a Raider. Pillaging just for fun. He'll knock you round and upside down and laugh when he's conquered and won. What's up, Raider Nation? Welcome into Thursday's edition of the Lockdown Raiders podcast, May 27th, 2021. Your boy Q here with you. As always, you can find me on Twitter, as many of you do, at your boy Q254. And you know we always got the Lockdown Raider podcast voicemail line wide open like some old school TV antennas. You can call it anytime. Leave a message. The time limit is three minutes. So if you start rambling and rambling and rambling like your boy sometimes, you're going to go over the time limit. It'll cut you off, so you'll have to call back. So try to get your calls in under three minutes so I can try to get as many calls and texts onto each and every show. So uh, coming up on today's show, well, before I get into today's show, I do want to let you know it's being brought to you by Rock Auto. Great selection, great low prices, all the parts your car is ever going to need. All you got to do is visit rockauto.com and let them know that the Locked On Raiders podcast sent you and that I'm doing my job. So coming up on today's show, segment number three, you will get those calls and texts straight off that Locked On Raider podcast voicemail line. 707-654-4693 is the number. And it's funny, got a lot of folks hitting me up talking about Q, I'm a new booty and I didn't get the new booty music. What happened, man? I didn't play the music. And I just get in these, you know, different moods where it's like, okay, I've played the music for a while and now I don't want to play the music. Now I'll play the music later. I don't know. I just, I was in one of those little funks where I just didn't kind of want to play the music, especially since I'm really trying to crunch on time. But I've had a lot of people hit me up and say that they want to hear it, the return of the, the new booty music. So uh, I'm going to bring it back today in segment number three. And we got plenty of new booties to get to as well. I definitely appreciate everyone who chimes in. So we will bring the music back. In segment number three, for anyone who is a new booty. Coming up in segment number two, the Raiders continue to do phase three of their OTAs, voluntary workouts at the facility in Henderson on Wednesday. And it was the first day that was open to the media. And so what you get with that is, well, the players go and they meet with the media and they have a a bunch of press conferences. So uh, multiple players from the Raiders met with the media. So you're going to hear from those guys. Safety, Jonathan Abram, defensive end, Max Crosby, defensive end, Cleve Furl, and left guard, Richie Incognito, all met with the media on Wednesday so you'll hear just a couple sound bites from each of those guys that's all coming up in segment number two stuff that I found to be pretty interesting it was probably about 30 to 35 minutes of straight you know just press conferences back to back to back to back but I just pulled out a few of them that I thought were interesting a little few sound bites so you'll hear that coming up in segment number two here in segment number one just news in the notes of the day stuff I collected about the Raiders and of course around the NFL so let's go ahead and jump right into that So off top, the Raiders did have OTAs, and it was open to the media on Wednesday. And I thought it was really cool because the pictures and all the videos that I saw from multiple people, like Vinny Bonsignor from the Las Vegas Review-Journal, Cassie Soto was out there, uh, Tashawn Reed, Vic Tafer, all those guys that cover the the Raiders and are there in in Henderson or at the facility were there on Wednesday. And just seeing all the videos and all the kind of reports, thought it was good. Thought it was a really, really good turnout. A lot of uh, Raider Nation was upset when the Raiders chose to, and they made that decision not to show up for the voluntary part as they were going to be standing in solidarity with the NFLPA and uh, we talked about it on the show that I thought it was more of them just saying that uh, publicly than it was what they were really going to do privately at their own facility and by the numbers the way that you can see all the players out there I think Yannick Ngakwe was a guy that wasn't there Josh Jacobs wasn't there but besides that it really was most of the guys were in attendance at uh, OTA's phase three voluntary again so nothing to worry about with Ngakwe and Jacobs not being there I'm sure they'll show up show up sooner rather than later but a very good attendance and again you'll hear from Jonathan Abram you'll hear from Max Crosby Cleve Furl and Richie Incognito all coming up in segment number two 
Now I got a couple nuggets that have to do with the NFL in general. One of them is that the owners approved a 90-man roster to start training camp this year. And it's funny because I'm not going to lie to you. I forgot that it wasn't 90 man to start the 2020 training camp. I forgot that it was that. It was only a 80 man roster in 2020 due to COVID-19. So it's a 90 man roster to start training camp this year. And instead of going from 90 to 53, it's actually going to go from 90 to 85. And that's going to be cut down on August 17th. And then it's going to go from 85 to 80 on August 24th. And then... It's going to have to be the major cut down from 80-man roster to 53 on August 31st. So it's an extra 300 players on the roster to start training camp as opposed to what it was in 2020. And if you were just wondering what those dates meant, those are actually the following Tuesday after each preseason game. There's only three preseason games this year, and the final cuts are going to be four days earlier than it normally would. Also, for the first time, final cuts won't be on Labor Day weekend. Instead, they're going to take place on Tuesday, August 31st, which is 12 days before the first Sunday of week one. So if you're kind of looking at the roster, 90 men to start off with, cuts all the way down to 53 by August 31st. Uh, it cuts down to 85, then 80, then 53. So that's how it's going to shake out this year. And I like that better than going from 90 to 53 like we've seen before. I don't really like that. So that's what the that's how the roster will shake out this training camp. Uh, also, something else that uh, was uh, released on Wednesday, the NFL and the NFLPA agreed to a $208.2 million salary cap ceiling for the 2022 season. Now, that doesn't mean that that's what the salary cap is going to be. That means that's the maximum it's going to be. It also said there's no cap floor as of now. The sides agreed last August to spread the COVID-related revenue shortfall from 2020 over several years, and the cap dropped to 182.5 in 2020. So that's about a 14% increase if it makes the maximum, which is at 208.2 from where it's at right now, which is 182.5. So I don't think it's going to quite hit 208. I just don't because it rarely does hit the exact number that they think but it's a whole lot more money and if you're the Raiders or any other team across the league you're looking at that salary cap you're looking at your payroll for 2022 and you're thinking okay how can I move and shake what can I do how can I make this work for me and you know that could play a role if a team like the Raiders are trying to go and acquire a Julio Jones knowing that he's going to be a costly piece Plus, you have guys that you want to extend. Plus, you're going to be worrying about fifth-year options on certain guys. I mean, there's a lot that goes into it. And at least for teams that know what the ceiling is already for the 2022 season, that's a good step in the right direction because, hell, they didn't even know what it was going to be uh, in 2021. I mean, it was the calendar year 2021, and they still weren't sure exactly what this year's you know ceiling was going to be or the floor was going to be because it just that the COVID numbers just messed everything up so much. So this is a, a big advance. And so the guys, the salary cap guys, the capologists, they're the ones that are able to get a nice jump start on the 2022 season and just kind of see how they could trim some of the fat as far as salary goes and what could be added as far our salary goes for 2022 so I think it's good that they're able to get out in front of it of course they don't know the exact number yet but at least they have a ballpark figure and my final little nugget for segment number one of today's Locked On Raiders podcast, news and notes of the day, I wanted to pass on some contract information as far as Julio Jones goes, because of course that's been the conversation piece that we've had on this show quite a bit and a lot of Raider Nation, and look, I'm even included where, hey, I know that it would be a great addition if Julio was added to the team. I've asked many times, like, how can the Raiders make it work as far as the salary cap, because I know that they don't have a whole lot of cap space. So Joel Corey from CBS Sports, he does a really good job. He was a former agent 
Legion. I've had him on my radio show a few times. Matter of fact, I might get him on the podcast uh, maybe next week or something to break it down a little bit more so you could just hear from him. He put out a really, really good piece about what Falcons uh, can expect from a Jones exit and just basically breaking down all the numbers and how it could benefit the, the Falcons if they were to trade him. But one of the biggest keys, and this is what I always ask the question, how can the Raiders make it work? At the end of Joel Corey's piece that he put out there on CBS Sports, he said, a team must have enough salary cap room to absorb a player's current salary in order to make a trade. Only about one quarter of NFL teams can currently accommodate Jones' $15.3 million salary based on NFLPA data. Those teams are the Jaguars, the Jets, the Broncos, the Bengals, the Lions, the Browns, the Chargers, the Panthers, and the 49ers. Nowhere on there are the Raiders at all. And it's funny because the Raiders actually have the second best odds of landing Julio Jones, but they are only just over $4 million under the cap after signing their 2021 first-round draft pick, Alex Leatherwood. So, I mean, they really don't have a money-type situation as far as being able to acquire Julio Jones. So I know that they can do something to make it work. I know they can move some stuff around. They can get rid of a couple guys. I get it. There's a lot of moving and shaking they can do, but they would have to do it quick, fast, in a hurry with that June 1st, June 2nd date right around the corner, and some teams are going to jump on this. So if they're going to make a move, they're going to have to start shedding some salary, and they're going to have to start shedding some salary in a major, major way. So that's all I got for you for segment number one of today's Locked On Raiders podcast. Just thought that that was an important piece of information to pass along just because it seems like so many people think that oh you want a guy just go get a guy well it's not that easy it's not like you can just go to walmart and go pick them out you know hey i want that one or you know what i mean or go to amazon.com and just order it you can't do that you've got to be able to get him under contract or get his contract under the salary cap and you've got to do it before you can make that trade so if they're going to do it they've got to get on it quick fast and in a hurry coming up in segment number two players that are under contract Cleve Furl, Max Crosby, Jonathan Abram, Richie Incognito you'll hear from them following day three of phase three OTAs that was open to the media before I get into that though I want to tell you about the title sponsor of today's show which is rockauto.com I've been telling you about them for a long time because just like the Raiders they're a family business they've been serving auto park customers online for over 20 years go to rockauto.com right now shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers and they've got everything Engine control parts, brake parts, tail lamps, motor oil, new carpet, you need it, they got it. Doesn't matter if your car is a classic or a daily driver, everything you need is just a few easy clicks away and the the parts are delivered directly to your door. RockAuto.com, the catalog is unique and super easy to navigate. You can quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle. You choose the brand, specifications, and most importantly, the prices that you prefer. That's right, the prices at RockAuto.com are super low and the same for professionals as it is for do-it-yourselfers. So why spend up to twice as much for the same parts. Right now, go to rockauto.com, check out the parts available for your car or truck. While you're there, there's a box that says, how'd you hear about us? You write, Locked On Raiders Podcast. That's how they know that I sent you. Great selection, super low prices, all the parts your car is ever going to need, rockauto.com. Segment number two, it's on the way. Your Locked On Raiders, your daily podcast on the Las Vegas Raiders. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team Every day. All right, Raider Nation, here we are. Segment number two of today's Locked On Raiders podcast. Want to hear or want to let you hear from some of the players that were made available to the media on Wednesday and their OTAs that was opened up to the media. And it was really cool to to see this. And I was able to watch the whole thing and just kind of soak it in. And just to know that it's that time of year again. And this is just a little small portion. And then they'll have some time off. And then training camp will be a go. And then it'll be a lot of fun. And there'll be a lot of different people talking to the media, including the coaches. But on Wednesday, Cleve Farrell talked to the media. Richie Incognito, Max Crosby, and also Jonathan Abram. All of them 
met with the media. And so I'm going to let you hear a little bit from each of them. So let's go ahead and start off with Cleve Farrell. He was the first one up. Of course, he's the third-year defensive end out of Clemson, former number one overall pick or first-round pick, number four overall. But uh, the defense is going to be the big question all year long, and it's going to be the question all training camp. How's the defense coming along? New defensive coordinator Gus Bradley's in the house. So one of the first questions asked to him was his impressions of Gus Bradley's defense. One of the biggest things is just we're just going to take a lot of the thinking out. You know what I mean? I think this defense is built on um, putting players in position to make plays. Um, this defense is built on turnovers. I feel like it's built on guys making a lot of plays. Now, with that comes a lot of responsibility. You know what I mean? Because it takes a lot of thinking out. But with that, you got to be able to, 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 to really hold it down, especially up front. Like, a lot of times, we're going to be responsible for six lanes. Um, we're just going to be rushing four. So, four guys responsible for six lanes. So, you know, it puts a lot of uh, responsibility on guys. But I feel like going into my third year, this team is really um, – mature enough to take on that role. So there's Clee Farrell just talking about Gus Bradley's defense and you know he sounds the part sounds like it's going to be easier for the players to go out there and execute and make plays he did say that there's going to be you know more responsibilities but just less thinking so that's that's going to be an important thing it's something we talked about quite a bit you know a thinking man is a slow man and so that's going to be critical for this defense to be able to make plays just by reading reacting and not you know having to think another question that was asked to Clee Farrell was about Jonathan Abram who also is headed into the third year of a, of a five-year contract uh, if they pick up that fifth-year option. But he was a former first-round pick as well. And so Cleve Farrell was asked what he's seen from Jonathan Abram the most. I think John's uh, I think John's just really trying to focus in on making this year a really special year for us because I think the biggest thing is that, you know, all of us are we're tired of losing. And not even just that. It's just not the fact that we're losing bad. It's like the fact that we're right there to the playoffs. We just can't get over the hunt, the hump. So I think just seeing his discipline and trying to, you know, help bring the guys along on the back end and the way he's kind of uh, trying to push the fact that we got to really learn this defense so we can just go out there and play as a, as a, as a DB group. I think that's been one of the things I've noticed a lot about him. So there goes Cleve Farrell right there talking about Jonathan Abram. And when I was watching the presser and he was talking to the media, there was something about him, not everything that he just said, and you'll hear from him later on in this segment, but it just seemed like his body language was different. It looked like he was a lot more focused. And that was something that you heard Cleve Farrell say. He was focused on getting better. It seemed like last year he came in with a little bit overconfidence that he was going to be back. He was healthy and he was going to be the dude just because all the high expectations and the fact that the fans like him so much. I feel like he's coming in a lot more focused this year, at least, and this is early on, it's only May, but that was what I took from his body language in the post-practice little media session that he had. So just something to pay attention to. I think that he's a lot more focused than, than he was a year ago. Uh, another thing that stood out to me that Cleve Farrell had to say was when he was asked about who stood out to him the most on the defensive line, because, of course, there's been a lot of additions. And the one addition that he said that stood out to him the most on the defensive line is a guy I've been talking about quite a bit. So here he is. Oh, everybody, man. I mean, obviously, it's still, it's still super early. I mean, I don't, you know, OTAs is cool, but a lot of this we don't really show much. You know what I'm saying? I don't, I don't really evaluate guys until we put the pads on. But, you know, a guy who I like a lot is uh, uh, Darius uh, Steele's undrafted rookie uh, from West Virginia. Um, real, real good dude, but I got a lot of twitch. Um, play three technique, you got a lot of twitch. I like seeing that. You can just tell in, in the movements when we on uh, drills and stuff like that, like 
he got a little something so i like his game a little so first he kind of toted the company line i like everybody i like everybody but then i like how he went there and said hey i like the undrafted free agent out of west virginia darius stills and it's interesting when you go and and the guy that you like the most is an undrafted free agent uh, i i like darius Steele's a lot as well uh, i don't know what he's going to bring to the table the first year there uh, i do think he's going to stick around on the team just because he's got that dog in him uh, but being an undrafted free agent of course we all know that it's going to be tough for him to carve out a role on the team but man it's just interesting to see that this early again only in may so you don't want to overreact but that he's one of the guys that stood out the most to Cleve Furl. So that's that's all I got from Clee. Now let's move on to Richie Incognito since he is basically the veteran and the leader of that offensive line. Of course, Colton Miller is back. He's got that contract extension. But one of the first questions asked to Richie Incognito was about him being a vet and being at voluntary OTAs. Like, what does that mean to him? Why is it so important that he's there? I think it's a competitive advantage for us to be here working right now. Um, we're a young team. We're learning a new defense. Uh, offense, we're trying to sharpen our tools to uh, be more productive, put up more points, put more pressure on teams. And uh, it's just great. It's great for team building, great to be around the guys. Uh, Coach Gruden's taking good care of us as far as walkthroughs and uh, keeping things down tempo. But uh, it was important for us. You know, the, the offseason kind of started off with uh, the NFLPA and their agenda. And, uh, you know, we released a statement. But a couple days later, we came together and we were like, listen, other teams are working. We are uh, at a competitive disadvantage if we're not working. Let's get our asses back there and get to work. What else would you expect Richie Incognito to say, right? <laughs> He's ready to get to work. You can hear it in his voice. He's one of those guys who missed most of the season last year with that Achilles injury. Good thing was it wasn't an Achilles tear, so it sounds like he's in good shape. He's ready to rock and roll. He was looking good out there. So, And again, it's only May, so I mean, there's nothing real major. You heard him say that Gruden was going through a bunch of walkthroughs. Everything was down-tempo, so it wasn't anything you know, real extensive, but still, uh, it's good to hear that he's out there, and it's good that the players all kind of came together and said, hey, we know what the NFLPA is telling us to do, but yeah, let's just all make sure we get out here and get to work. And so it's good to see that they made that the decision to do that. So now whenever you talk offensive line, Obviously, Alex Leatherwood, the first-round draft pick, number 17 overall out of Alabama, his name is going to come up. So what is Richie Incognito? What has been the impressions on him of Alex Leatherwood? Yeah, he's a big body. I mean, he comes from the, the story program of Alabama, and he's done a ton of winning, you know, a couple national championships under his belt. Uh, he's a quiet kid. Uh, I texted with him a little bit after he got drafted, and, uh, you know, things have been so hectic here, just getting back and getting in, into some things. But he's quiet. He's a hard worker. He's picking up on what Coach Cable's laying down. And I uh, expect him to have a big year. So there's Richie Incognito talking about first-round draft pick Alex Leatherwood. And good to hear that so many people have glowing reviews on him. Cleve Farrell, I didn't play the soundbite from him, but he talked about Alex Leatherwood, and he sounded positive on him. Uh, the media that was out there on Wednesday, they, they were tweeting pretty positive things about him. So sounds like, at least early on, everything is going really well with Alex Leatherwood. Uh, also, another new addition to that offensive line is center Andre James. He takes over after Rodney Hudson gets traded to Arizona. He's now a member of the Cardinals. So Richie Incognito was asked, what does he see in new Raiders center Andre James? You know, first and foremost, Andre's a great dude. He's, uh, he's, a, he's a great guy. He's a hard worker. He's humble. He's hungry. Um, he's got position flexibility. He played tackle in college, and then he got to the league. He played center. Um, you know, I go back to 2019 when, when Rod went down and uh, uh, Andre had to come in the game in Houston and we didn't miss a beat. You know, we were, we were hammering him with the ball, we were, we were running, running on him, we were making a comeback late and uh, Andre stepped in the next week against Detroit and he played at a high level. You know, he's a, he's a hardworking kid, he's passionate, uh, you know, he's, he's from humble beginnings, you know, being an undrafted guy, so uh, I'm excited to see him go. 
And clearly the Raiders had a plan when they decided to move on from Rodney Hudson and they kind of passed the keys to that offensive line on to Andre James. They knew what they saw in practice and they felt comfortable that, hey, they can get rid of the high price guy and still not miss a beat with Andre James. Now, of course, that offensive line is going to be scrutinized until they prove that they're a quality unit. You know, that moving on from Gabe Jackson was okay. Moving on from Rodney Hudson was okay. Moving on from Trent Brown was okay. Now that they are have the guys assembled, as long as they can put that thing together and show that they made the right decision, then it'll be a positive. Now, if they start all of a sudden giving up a bunch of sacks and they can't run the ball, then that move to break down that offensive line is going to be questioned the whole time. So that's all I got with Richie Incognito. Uh, got one soundbite I wanted to bring to you from about Max Crosby or from Max Crosby, and it really has to do with Malcolm Kuntz, and it's because Malcolm Kuntz comes from a very small school, and Max Crosby came from a very small school. So here's Crosby's thoughts on Malcolm Kuntz, the third-round draft pick out of Buffalo. You know, I talked to Coach Gruden uh, before the draft, and we uh, he was one of the guys that popped up, and we watched his film and things of that nature. And, um, you know, obviously him being a Matt guy, uh, you know, I, I was I was somewhat familiar with him, and, uh, you know, I was happy we drafted him. He came in. Um, he's, a, he's a super quiet, you know, humble kid. Um, but I like his, uh, his personality. You know, he wants to come here and... Uh, you know, be the best player he can possibly be. You know, that's all you can ask for as a rookie. You know, you try to learn, um, try to get as healthy as you possibly can and try to get up to speed. So um, he's been really good. Um, I think he's a, you know, he has a really bright future, and I'm excited to play with him. I'm not going to lie. I'm excited about Malcolm Coons, too. I've been talking about him multiple times on multiple podcasts and multiple interviews. I think he's going to be a difference maker, even in his first year. And I know it's not going to be double-digit numbers. Like, he's not going to get 10 sacks like Max Crosby got his rookie year. It's not, that's not going to be the case. But he's going to be a rotational piece that I think is going to be able to pick up four or five sacks, and I think that's going to be critical in being able to have that rotation along that defensive line. So that's all I got from Max Crosby. Now let's move on to the final guy which is Jonathan Abram of course the former first round draft pick going into third year uh, of his deal and the Raiders have to make a decision on him are they going to pick up his fifth year option so uh, he's asked multiple questions and again his body language was really very strong and very as a matter of fact it seemed like he was really really focused uh, one of the first things he was asked was what newcomer to the team has impressed him the most um probably Casey Hayward um getting a chance to know him you know and being around him you know he's been the guy who's been in the system for going on six years so you know just seeing the the amount of things that he saw, you know, the scars that he got, you know, in this system. He pretty much knows it all. You know, he goes out there, he talks every single play, in and out the play. Um, it's just amazing to see, you know, and it's very helpful, you know, for guys like me and other guys, you know, trying to learn the system. You know, he's been a tremendous help, you know, and I'm, I'm very glad for him to be a part of this team. So there's Jonathan Abram right there talking about Casey Hayward, and I go back to that John Gruden and Eric Allen interview in that video, Raiders Report. I was talking about that and how, you know, they were talking about Casey Hayward needs to join the Raiders and be what Eric Eric Allen was for the Raiders when he joined them after being a member of the Philadelphia Eagles and just be that guy to kind of let everybody know how things go, what it looks like, how it is to be a pro. You can hear in Jonathan Abrams' voice right there what exactly Casey Hayward's meant to the team and that he's talking on every play. He's telling these guys what to do. He's been in the system long enough where he knows it like the back of his hand. So he's going to be a big-time asset of this team, I do believe, especially of the defense. I'm, I'm pretty excited about the possibilities of what Casey Hayward can bring to the table. Also, Jonathan Abram was asked about his impression of Gus Bradley's defense and how is it going as far as him learning that defense. I mean, things are going pretty good. Um, you know, um, Pretty much going down to pretty much what they call the box safety, the strong safety. Um, it's been pretty, you know, 
it's interesting, you know, going from what we went to last year, playing a lot of split safety, playing high. Um, so this is kind of, you know, I feel like it's going to be more suitable to, you know, my talents and my strengths. So I look forward to this year, you know, and just getting ready to come back, you know, for each day, to, you know, tomorrow, OTAs, finishing up strong with mini camp, and then coming back for training camp, you know, just trying to get everything down pat. So there you go. You hear Jonathan Abram talking about that strong safety position coming down, playing in the box, something that I think we've talked about on the podcast many times. That's exactly the role we expect Jonathan Abram to play. I like to call him like a broke man's Jamal Adams. That's what Jamal Adams does, goes and plays in the box. He uh, blitzes the quarterback all the time. A lot of times he leads his team in sacks. I don't know if Jonathan Abram's going to be exactly that guy, but to know that he's going to be able to play in the box, which is much more suited to his strength. And again, going back to when Gus Bradley was hired, even before he was hired, I said one of the biggest things, one of the biggest keys to whoever's going to be the defensive coordinator is you got to answer the question, how are you going to use Jonathan Abram? And clearly, Gus Bradley said, we're going to throw him in the box. That's going to be more comfortable for him. That fits his skill set, and he's going to be a really good player. And clearly, that's what they're going to do. And you can hear in Jonathan Abram's voice, he's excited to be able to do something that fits more his skill set than what he tried to do in uh, in 2020 under Paul Gunther. And uh, that's all I got for you for segment number two. Uh, just hearing from some players, some media sessions following their, their OTAs, day three of their OTAs, but the first day that I was open for media to be there. And uh, if you want to go and hear their full media session, you could always go do that at Raiders.com. They have it right there. It's about 30 plus minutes worth of stuff. But I just wanted to bring you some stuff that has stood out to me in a major way. So that's all I got for you. Coming up in segment number three, your calls and text straight off that Locked On Raider podcast voicemail line, 707-654-4693. Before I get into that, though, I do want to tell you about betonline.ag. They're the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sporting action. Baseball season, NBA, the playoffs are going on. NHL, playoffs are going on. UFC, MMA, lots of great stuff, right? Before the next pitch, before the next bucket, the next goal, the next knockout, head on over to betonline.ag on your laptop or mobile device. Check out all the great sporting news, sign-up bonuses, and contest information. Get off the sidelines, get into the game. Your team's in the playoffs. You might as well be playoff mode as well. Head to the website on your mobile or your laptop. Sign up today. Receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit betonline.ag but you got to use your promo code locked on so you get that 50 percent welcome bonus betonline.ag is your online sportsbook experts segment number three it's on the way your locked on raiders your daily podcast on the las vegas raiders part of the locked on podcast network your team Every day. Here we go, Raider Nation. Segment number three of today's Locked On Raiders podcast. Your calls and text straight off that Locked On Raider podcast. Voicemail line 707-654-4693. And I'll tell you right now off top, man, there's been a request for the DJ to spin that music on the new booties. And uh, there's a lot of new booties coming up on today's show. So let's go ahead and start things off. We'll get a text from Don G out the 503. And before I get into it, there it is. Got to hit it one time. Don G from the 503 is a new booty. He says, Don G, 503 here. I'm a new booty. Hit that beat for me one time. What up, Q? What up, Raider Nation? First off, I believe in the process. When Gruden and Mayock were preparing for the first draft, they said that they were drafting to develop for the long haul. Unfortunately, Paul Gunther didn't develop any of the young guys. He just more likely confused them. I believe in these young guys, and I think they have the talent to make the playoffs. Second off, Q, congrats on your son going to Western Oregon University. I actually work less than five minutes away, and we service the HVAC for the entire campus, and I have a few nephews that go to school there. So if you ever make it up here, I'd be honored to buy you a beer. Love you, Raider Nation. Peace out. That's from Don G in the 503, and thank you so much for the congrats for little Q, man. I'm pretty fired up about that Western Oregon opportunity for him. I think he's going to do really, really well. Watch out for him. And uh, as far as them uh, building this team up, man, you're right. 
And that's something we talked about, you know, and that's that's one of the reasons why Gruden got that long contract is so he can have that continuity, so he can feel no pressure and just build the thing up instead of trying to win immediately because he has to win. Uh, Paul Gunther wasn't able to carry his part of the bargain, and, and he even felt good about a lot of the pieces that came in last year and still wasn't able to get the most out of them. So hopefully Gus Bradley will. But, yeah, you're absolutely right. They are definitely building. So once they do become a really good team, they can consistently be a good team instead of being like 2016 where, hey, they were really good good and then all of a sudden they fall off a cliff again so thank you so much for that text my man appreciate you next up is a call from joe calling out the atl he used to be calling out of kc but now he's in atlanta he's calling to talk about cleve farrell and what he had to say in his presser following otas hey what up q it's your boy joe formerly at kc currently at atl i just just finished listening to um the uh, press conference after uh training camp and, and listening to cleveland farrell man i'm I'm, I'm still on the uh, on the rocks with Cleveland. I, I try to rock with him as much as I possibly can, but it's you know it's getting a little hard now. And uh, listening to his um, his press conference, man, just got me thinking about you know thinking about thinking about excuse me over the last three years, man, that we've had him. He does a great job interviewing. You know, he says all the right things, man. But at this point, going into year three for him, it's like. Man, I, I need you to put up or shut up, man. You know, I, I I can't stand the guy who always says the right thing and, you know, one of those those guys that just knows all the company lines and, you know, all all of that, that crap, but they don't put in the work. Like, they just know how to talk. And, unfortunately, that's where I am right now with Cleveland Farrell. You know, since the moment he came in, he, he's saying the right thing, and at the end of the day, the results aren't there. And, you know, I believe he could be something in this um, in this system. I think he can be our, our version of Michael Bennett. Um, but he's got to stay healthy and he's got to prove that. I've seen a video that they put out of Cleveland and Max doing bag work. Max looks like, like he's ready to rock and roll. I mean, he, he looks explosive. He looks twitchy. He looks like he's ready to make some plays. Cleveland Furl? Oh, my God. That spin move that he did was terrible, and it looked like he was gassed by the time it was over with. Hey, man, that's that's that stuff that I'm talking about, man. Just off that one little clip, if that's any indication of what to expect from Cleveland, it's not very much, and he should be the last one standing up in these in these interviews trying to say all the right things because that's terrible. All right. Raider Joe out. There he goes. That's Raider Joe right there. And uh, I like the comparison to Michael Bennett and who he possibly can be as far as Cleve Farrell goes. Bennett was a dog. He was a hell of a player, impact guy on Gus Bradley's defense. That might be putting, uh, you know, some high expectations on him. But then again, first-round draft pick, number four overall, he's going to have those high expectations. Um, and so that would be great if he turns out to be that guy. I think he bulked up a little bit. Uh, I think he said that. As a matter of fact, I know he said that in his presser. Uh, he talked about trimming down some, but he did bulk up a little bit, which to me makes me feel like he's going to play a little bit more inside. Uh, but you know what? I, I Honestly, Joe wouldn't re overreact to one little 
little video that you saw in early uh, OTAs in May. You know, good or bad. I wouldn't try to overreact to any of it because it is so early and they're going through things. They're not really, you know, going full speed. Uh, they're going slower. Like like Richie Incognito said that John Gruden has been, you know, down tempo and everything. So I wouldn't really trip off stuff. Like I said, I wouldn't get too high on anything right now that you're seeing or hearing, and I wouldn't get too low on anything that you're seeing or hearing either. Thank you so much for that call, man. I appreciate you. It's good to hear from you. Next up, I got a text from Charming Raider. He says, hey, Q, this is Charming Raider here. I'm from the 916 Sacramento, California area. Raider season ticket holder until they left Oakland. Unfortunately, with the move out of Northern Cali, local coverage of the team has plummeted. I'm glad I found your podcast. Now I get my Raider fix on a daily basis. Keep up the good work. I hope I can contribute to the conversation going forward. Raiders. That's from Charming Raider out the 916. And hey, man, I'm glad that I can help. And uh, that is sad. I hate the fact that the local media there in the Bay Area uh, in the 916 has really kind of turned their back on the Raiders. I get it. But at the same time, there's so many Raider fans there in the Bay. I think 95-7 the game is making a mistake. I know KNBR kind of touches on them a little bit. But I think that they should all be talking about the Raiders, even though they're not in the Bay anymore. There's still so many Raider fans that it would make sense. But it's kind of like, you know, music stations playing the hits. And I know sometimes people get tired and say, man, I wish they'd play some other music that, you know, I don't get to hear all the time. Well, those aren't the hits, and that's not what the majority of the people want to hear, so that's not going to be something that they play all the time. Of course, the Warriors, well, I know the Warriors season's over, but they they focus in on them a lot, and of course, the 49ers are the cream of the crop. They're the bell of the ball right now in the Bay. So uh, thank you for finding the podcast. As a matter of fact, since you're a new booty, I should have played the music for you, but the next call is a new booty as well, so let's go ahead and hit the music and hit it for both of y'all one time. That music right there is for Charming Raider and also Timothy, both new booties here on the Locked On Raiders podcast. And Timothy right now, he's calling to talk about Julio Jones and why he wouldn't mind and wouldn't be opposed to giving up a round two pick. The fact that the Raiders need to win now. So go ahead and flip that number two for Julio. That's what uh, Timothy is saying right now. New booty on the Locked On Raiders podcast. Hey, what's going on, Q? Long time listener, first time caller. Uh, you know, that, my name is, uh, Timothy. Man, I just heard, I was just listening to the pod right now. And I, I hear you, I hear you about maybe not giving up a second round for Julio, you know, but, um, man, the way we be drafting, we gotta trade that pick. Go on and get some Julio, man. It don't matter. What, what are we gonna do? Draft a, draft a, a fifth, a fifth round fullback and turn him into a safety or do some other crazy brood stuff. You know what I mean? With these little pet projects he's got, we still got Peterman on. We still got Zay Jones on. These are guys that need to go, man. So go ahead and get get Stoner in there or somebody that knows what's up. Because you know, at this stage, it, we gotta win. I don't know about you, but I'm I'm tired, man. I I I, I stay down with the team, but bro, it's been too many years of disappointment. And uh, if we can get Julio, man, that lineup, that offensive power, firepower, it don't matter if our defense is cheap. You know what I'm saying? And the way I look at this, this waiting, waiting to win, waiting for players to develop thing, you know, I look at it as, as almost like when you get hungry, man, you, you, you know what I mean? You, you'll go ahead and you, you don't want to wait. You want to eat now. And that's how, that's how, uh, that's how us Raider fans feel. You know what I mean? We hungry, we starving. We want to, we want to eat now. And when you hungry, man, you don't always eat. What you really, really want, you just eat whatever's next to you, you know, whatever's convenient. But for for the Raiders, yeah, it, it would be it would be smarter to draft a good player in the second round, maybe. But at this stage of the game, we're ready to eat now, baby. So 
let's go ahead and clear those books. Do what we got to do and get, get Julio down here in that silver and black, man. I could just see it now. Julio would open up everything for Ruz and Waller. It would be crazy. It was, our offense would be, would be beautiful. You know what I'm saying? But anyways, man, that's my little two cents. Uh, first time call out. Really, and then I uh, secondly just want to give you a shout out, bro. Appreciate everything you do. You know what I'm saying? I found this podcast about a year ago. Keep it strong through the off season. Keep us plugged in. Give us all the little extra tidbits. And, um, you know, I respect what you do, bro. Keep it real all the time. So anyways, that's my, that's my two cents. New booty in the building. Representing the Valley. 818. But, uh, yeah, Raiders, Raiders for life, man. Let's go. Raiders. Timothy, thank you so much for that call, my man. I appreciate you being a new booty here on the Locked On Raiders podcast. And I hear you, man, about winning now. It is long overdue. No doubt about that. The Raiders need to be winners. The fans are hungry. You mentioned the hunger. You mentioned it a couple times. You made me think of my favorite Tupac clip when you started talking about hungry and eating. Uh, I think it describes Raider fans right now to the T as far as their hunger for a winning team. And I know Pac in this situation, in this little clip right here, is actually talking about something totally different. But, man, when you started talking about that hunger, this is all I could think of right here. If I know that in this hotel room they have food every day and I'm knocking on the door every day, to eat and they tell and they open the door let me see the, the party let me see like them throwing salami all over the I mean just like throwing food around where they're telling me there's no food in here you know what I'm saying every day I'm standing outside trying to sing my way in you know what I'm saying we are hungry please let us in we are hungry please let us in after about a week that song is gonna change the we hungry we need some food after two three weeks it's like you know give me all the food and we're breaking out the door and after a year and you just like you know what I'm saying I'm picking the lock coming through the door blasting you know what I'm saying it's like you hungry you reached your level man that is my favorite right there my favorite little audio clip of Tupac. I mean, that was a really, really good interview, a very good uh, hotel interview before he ended up going to jail. But man, I'll tell you, that one was, that that little clip right there, the way he breaks it down about being hungry, and the way he breaks it down and just sounds so good, like he was making a song out of that, and it just, it was right on part. That's why Pac was so damn good. But anyway, that's a whole nother subject. So uh, thank you for that call, man. I definitely appreciate you. And one more quick call before we uh, wrap up this show. This is from Raider Ray calling out of H-Town, calling out of Houston, Texas. He's calling to talk about the only nation, which is Raider Nation. Hey, what's up? This is Raider Ray calling down from North Houston. I just want to give a big shout out to Q. Hey, you're the only person I get my Raider information from. I used to have Bleacher Report, but that stuff is garbage. Now you're the only one that I get this information from. But all I want to say is Raider Nation is the only nation alive. Anything else are pretenders. Anything else. I remember back in junior high down in little old Bishop, Texas, I was walking to school with the Los Angeles Raiders drawstring backpack. The only one in the whole school wearing a drawstring backpack, and it was out of a Raiders, Los Angeles Raiders. But, hey, I'm not going to keep you long. Raider Nation till I die. 
Just win, baby. There he goes. Raider Ray calling out of H-Town, man. I appreciate you. And, yeah, no doubt about that. It is all about the only nation, which is Raider Nation. I'll represent that all the time, no matter if I'm on my radio show or not. And I hear someone say nation, I always, hey, there's no such thing. And sometimes people call into the show just to try to mess with me and or they'll text into the show to try to mess with me to see if I'm on my A game and if I'm paying attention. And I always jump right all over them. Of course, my guy Chris Carter from uh, uh, Locked On Steelers, and I, I do a show with him on Fridays, Locked On NFL. He always gives me a bad time, but I mean, it's all in good fun, but we go back and forth on it all the time, and I make sure he knows that there's only one nation, and that is Raider Nation. So thank you so much for that call, my man. Definitely appreciate you. Still got a couple calls and texts that I have to get to on tomorrow's show. Also coming up on tomorrow's show, and I know for a fact that she'll be on the show, Cassie Soto from the Las Vegas Review Journal. She also is part of the Vegas Nation podcast. She was out on a Wednesday at at uh, OTAs, and, and she was part of the media that was out there just being able to observe and take some pictures and videos and all that good stuff. And so uh, you'll hear the conversation that I had with her. I actually had that conversation Wednesday night. You'll hear it on Friday's show. So we'll have that. We'll have more calls and texts off that Locked On Raider podcast voicemail line and also news in the notes. We're going to finish off the week really, really strong as we do each and every week. So until then, Raider Nation, appreciate you. Stay safe, take care of your family, and most importantly, as always, just win, baby.